Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today's show, it was confirmed, reported, definitively reported by Mark Stein of the New York Times that Andre Drummond was given a starting gig, was promised a starting gig as soon as he walked through the door. That was the only way that they were going to land him. And today I am going to discuss that as well as some other things around the Lakers. So in his newsletter uh, for the New York Times, Mark Stein confirmed with with definitive reporting. This is something that was kind of bandied about, was kind of wondered about, kind of theorized. But uh, two people, according to Mark Stein, so two, according to two people familiar with the situation who were not authorized to discuss it publicly, uh, the Lakers did, in fact, make a promise to Andre Drummond, which on its face, well, there's, there's, there's a few different angles to this. And I want to start here because when Rob Palenka was hired, I guess, <laughs> promoted when Magic Johnson left, the notion was that he was going to be taking over a culture of competition, that people were going to fight for their roles, that they were going to, uh, that, that, that this was going to be something that organization-wide, people were going to have to carry their keep and and earn their meals, basically, right? And this combined with the reporting done around Dennis Schroeder and his arrival and the role that he was expecting when he arrived this kind of flies in the face of that culture. You can't you can't claim that it's a culture of competition when by the end of the season, four of the four of the five starting spots were spoken for, right? And 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 in theory, you might even be able to say five of them because uh, KCP might have been a a you know a clutch promotion though. He, he has more than earned his. So I'm going to take him out of it. I'm going to say that Anthony Davis and LeBron James earned their starting spots. But for two of the five starting spots to be devoted to players who are not stars, I think is, is, is a suboptimal and inefficient way to divvy out roles on this Lakers team. And one thing that I think this team is really going to have to figure out moving forward is how can we get back to the culture of competition that led to the championship that the Lakers won uh, now two seasons ago, right? Where, where how, can, how can the Lakers figure out a way to get everybody on the same page and, and make everybody understand on this team, in this organization, if you are going to be playing, it is going to be because you earned that opportunity. Sports is supposed to be a meritocracy. It's one of the things that, that at least on its face, there, there, there are certain situations where obviously there are societal issues that face, you know, who gets hired for certain jobs and who gets longer uh, opportunities than others at certain jobs. Obviously, there there are factors that make sports something less of a pure meritocracy. But in this case, when you're talking about the players, the guys that are actually out there competing to win, the notion that players, some players, just get to start <laughs> is 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 an unfortunate one, and and especially when there are players elsewhere on the roster who, if 
there was an open competition for it. The idea of competition on a roster is that you're making both guys better, right? That we talked about this all year with my former employer where, where coaches tell players, I remember telling players when I was a coach, Hey, if you want this job, if you want minutes, you're going to have to take those minutes from somebody else. So at the very least, make that decision difficult for me. And in practices when I would see a certain player slacking, and especially the one who is trying to earn minutes from the other person, if they were slacking, I would say, well, thank you. You're making my decision easy for me. And and that's that's kind of how you get guys to push not just themselves, but each other. And the idea is that eventually you make that team a better unit as a, as a whole. This is also one of the factors here that has not been as reported as definitively or, or definitively at all uh, in, in regards to the Lakers is Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond have been longtime friends. And if this is one of those situations where Anthony Davis is not just not playing center to start the game, which whatever, fine. If he's concerned about his body, then whatever. But on top of that, he's demanding that the Lakers also start a an inferior player at his position, or at the very least, a player who would be pushed in an open competition for that starting gig. And... And that's where I start to really start to say, like, come on now. <laughs> it's bad enough that I have to watch some not Anthony Davis center play there all year. Uh, but on top of that, it's it's going to be a player who either doesn't fit as well, might not even be as as good a, a player, whatever the situation might be. We You're making the team, you're asking the team to diminish its margin for error in ways that, Obviously, you want Anthony Davis on your team, but it becomes a bit of a headache, right? It be, watching the Lakers, if if this is going to be like how this is going to be moving forward, I'm going to have a bit of a headache. Now, I can always take Excedrin, I could take Tylenol, and I can get over that headache, uh, but but it's one that, that it becomes a difficult situation to just turn the other cheek and say, oh, yeah, this is just how it's got to be if you have Anthony Davis on your team. Uh, the, the way that I would always say it, the way that I would, I would ask you guys to analyze this thing is if you heard about this situation with another team, would you laugh at it? Right. If you heard that Anthony Davis, while in new Orleans, back when he was in new Orleans was demanding that not only would he not start at the five every game or jump center, by the way, like not even jump for the tip is kind of weird too. But, but uh, not only is he going to demand that, but then he's also going to demand that his uh, friend get that starting spot for reasons, not basketball reasons, but, but like friendly reasons. I would laugh at it. I would laugh at it if I if I found out that that was a situation, and I, I think here we can't quite laugh at it as as people who root for the Lakers, but we can kind of acknowledge this is a little ridiculous, right? Uh, I do think, as I said in yesterday's Lakers lowdown, that An- Andre Drummond is probably not going to be back with the Lakers anyway. They, he's going to go to the highest bidder, and I don't think that highest bidder can be the Lakers. They don't have the money to offer him. Uh, and be the highest bidders for Andre Drummond. So I think this is probably pretty well behind us, 
But this was a frustrating report to read about so definitively in, in not just that it was Andre Drummond or whatever, because I'm frustrated about the, the Dennis Schroeder thing too. Uh, it was frustrating to find out about it because it it's it's so clearly not what helped the Lakers win a championship last year. That's the problem. That's the thing that really rubs me the wrong way here. Is that this is this is some this is this is a cultural decision that flies directly in the face of the really cool chemistry that we got to enjoy when the Lakers won their championship. That that guys accepted their roles, even as those roles changed from series to series in the postseason or over the course course of the regular season. As those roles changed or as other players earned more minutes, the you didn't you didn't see the the whiny social media posts. You didn't see the 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 moping on the court or anything like that. It was it was all right, I gotta I gotta work my tail off to be able to compete against that player and get my spot back. And if the Lakers are going to get back to the top, and by the way, competition's pretty damn stiff up at the very top. You've seen some special basketball played across these NBA playoffs, especially with the teams that are left right now. And if the Lakers are real, really honestly think that they can compete against the top end uh, type teams with an aging LeBron and an Anthony Davis who doesn't want to play to the best of his abilities over the course of the season, uh, unless it's a desperate situation, then sorry, everybody. Is gonna get a little frustrating. All right, enough ranting and raving. Let's send you guys off here with a little bit more positivity. I do want to say that we got some pretty good news that we already had received earlier, granted, but but hearing it again so definitively was great. Rob Polinka was asked about spending into the luxury tax, and this is what he had to say. Quote, Genie and the ownership group has empowered the front office to do one thing, and that's to smart, smartly build a roster to win championships. That's been the hallmark of this team since Dr. Buss acquired it and continues to be today. Clearly, all 30 NBA teams are confined, confined by a salary cap, so we've got to be smart about how we put all the puzzle pieces together, but there is only one goal, and it's doing it smartly to have a championship-caliber team. I think next year, of course, hopefully with all of our fans being able to come back and be part of the building, we owe them the work to start the process of retooling and having a championship-caliber team that can do special things next year, that's the driving passion, and there's always uh, there's alignment there between Genie, the front office, the coaches, and our players that will always be the goal. He continues, in terms of free agency, again, we have a core group of players that can do special things, and I'm convinced that, again, without some of the unforeseen, unforeseen circumstances this year, the challenges that we had to face, we'd be a championship-caliber team. So the goal is to try to keep that core group together. And, of course, with players like Taylor Horton Tucker and Alex Caruso and Kyle Kuzma, and the players you draft or bring into your two-way system and groom and develop, there's a level of pride in that and what the Lakers have been able to do with those players to grow them. So, of course, our intentions would be to keep our core together and to have a championship team. That was when he was asked about the guys on the roster that they have bird rights to and would have to spend into the luxury tax to bring back. So, I think... There from from Palenka, and you always have to read between the lines here with with quotes like these, is that he is allowed to go into the luxury tax. This is the kind of thing that you do when you have a, a championship caliber core, right? And it, at the very top of your roster, when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and you're unwilling to spend into the luxury tax, I'm sorry, you don't deserve to have an NBA team. But uh, so if you have if you have those two guys, 
and you have a a core surrounding them of players that you can bring back by spending into the luxury tax, then you, you, you have to do that. What's going to be interesting, though, is as he kind of mentioned, in those margins, how are they going to piece the puzzle together and put together a, a fully competitive team uh, given the constraints that they have financially because they're, they do not have very much space here uh, because of the way that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are paid. They also extended Kyle Kuzma. They might have to extend Dennis Schroeder. Uh, you have the, the money that's going to go to Alex Caruso and Tillon Horton Tucker and so on and so forth. So the Lakers don't have very much room here to work with, and it becomes a question of, all right, in those margins, you have to optimize the various corners of your of your of your team, and if that is the goal, then you probably can't do so if the players that you bring in aren't going to be willing to compete for the roles that they have. All right, really quick before we get out of here, I do want to say uh, we had a really great Anthony Irwin show yesterday. Uh, Howard Beck hopped on, and and we talked about the the way the team was put together last year, the sacrifices that guys may or may not have been willing to make. We discussed the injuries and and this notion of market size being a a huge factor when it comes to playoff matchups. Uh, and then he also told me about the time he uh, blew his knee out trying to euro step around tim bontemps which is uh which is you know we got a couple giggles out of that have a great rest of your day make somebody else's and i'll talk to you tomorrow